The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. Thank you guys for coming to church. My name is Dave Parton, the pastor here at, at Neighborhood Church. And, um, uh, love worshiping with you guys on Sunday mornings, uh, but even more than that, love doing life alongside you guys throughout the weeks. Um, cool things, uh, God, are, God is working in the neighborhood and, and uh, sending us out as missionaries where we live, work, and play. And we're in a season of life on mission, and I've asked Joel if he would come and preach on uh, mission with the church. So let me pray for him, and he's going to share his message with us today. Father, we thank you so much for your spirit, the work that you are doing in our lives, that he is moving in us. And we thank you so much, Spirit of God, for giving us a heart for those that don't know you yet. And Father, I just pray this morning as Joel shares what you have prepared in him uh, to move our spirits to move towards loving others more together. So be with him, Jesus. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for his faithfulness. To you we pray. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Well, uh, like Dave said, my name is Joel. I'm really excited to be here talking about church, community, talking about living on mission with each other, with each other, Silas. This morning, this is what we're going to be talking about. But, you know, um, I love the church. I love the church. I love this community. I love the friends uh, that are built up. Um, but I hope that this morning you're encouraged uh, to go beyond just uh, what you think of just a, a friendship, uh, go beyond what you think is uh, a social gathering, but this is actually a spiritual community, and how we go about that together, it, living on mission, living in, and fulfilling the purpose God has given us as a church. So let me pray before we dive into the sermon, and uh, I'm going to ask God to fill our time. Dear Father, thank you for uh, thank you for uh, saving us from our sins and, and calling us into community together. Uh, thank you for uh, this reminder this morning that we're going to hear that we are a part of a community, and a community uh, fails. A community does not work unless we dive in, unless we participate, uh, unless we um, add to it. God, you've gifted us, and you've given us the blessing to be a part of this community. Uh, whether we think we uh, have that ability or not, uh, you have given us gifts to be a part of one. Uh, we love you and praise you, and thank you for sending Jesus uh, to save us from our sins, to guide us into your glorious light. In Jesus' name, amen. So I guess uh, this morning I want to pose a question to you guys first as I was thinking about this. If I asked you guys, what is the chief's kingdom, what would be your response? Like, what, what is the chief's kingdom? So I started brainstorming this idea and as I'm thinking about what is the church, kind of synonymous, right? The, the, tree, the chief's kingdom, though, like, not synonymous, the answer, excuse me, the answer is synonymous. Like, the way I go about this answer. So, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, thank you. Exactly, exactly. So, it, but if you answer the question of what is the chief's kingdom, you don't take me to Arrowhead Stadium, point out the empty stands, and say, this is chief's kingdom, right? You don't take me to the parking lot where there are no cars, there's no tailgating, there's no people screaming their lungs out that the Chiefs are going to win, right? 
that's not chief's kingdom. The chief's kingdom is made up of the people, right? It's made up of the ones screaming their lungs out, you know, and cheering on the chief. So I thought this morning, you know, if we answer the, the question of what is the church, we use the word a lot to represent just the physical location of church, right? The, the building church, which is accurate, right? There's a church down here. There's a church up there. You know, the, there's buildings of the church. But today we're talking about the capital C church, And the capital C church is comprised or made up of everyone who has faith in Christ. So each and every person who has been called out of their life of sin and responded in obedience to the Spirit, and the Spirit offers them grace and redemption through the blood of Christ. This is the church that we're going to be talking about, the universal church. And this morning as we talk about our mission together, Know that the church I'm referring to is just, it's not one of walls, right? It's not one of chairs or stained glass windows or even a rented out public grade school, but of the people who have been made, uh, who have made Christ their Savior. So what is our purpose as a church? What is the mission God has given us as a community to accomplish together? Well, I want to draw you into our, uh, our uh, verse of the day uh, and really it's my fault. I guess I, when I was inputting the slides uh, for the, the message this morning, I forgot to give Dave this, this topic verse. So if you want to in your notes, if you're taking notes this morning, you can write in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. That's the verse we're going to be looking at primarily this morning, well, what the points will be stemming from this morning. So let me read it. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 says, But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So this is the verse I really want to focus in on. I want to pose to you all that Our mission is in these verses. Our mission as a church is to declare the praises of the one who saved us from our sin. Our our mission as a church, in each and every facet, should be to declare the praises of Christ our King. So this leads me into our first point this morning that I want to share about. And it's, uh, first it's just build up the church together. So build up up the church together. And we're going to talk a a couple different ways we can go about that, but as you think about praising Christ, making Christ known, declaring his praises this morning, we're going to go through a couple different avenues. And this is what I'd pose to you first, is that we should build up the church, capital C, universal church, together. So, I also want to bring up another passage. Excuse me, I guess I lost my place in my notes here. In Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. This is a verse I want to share with you as we talk about building up the church. And actually, River shared it already this morning, which is awesome. Obviously, this verse needs to be shared this morning. But Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says this, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So in this text, in these verses, the writer of Hebrews has a very clear message 
Think about the methods and the practices which end with loving acts and praiseworthy lives. Don't abandon one another, as many are prone to do, but come alongside each other, and especially as Christ's return is closer and closer, and that means there's some urgency to it. Do it quickly. Don't wait. As a community, build each other up in acts of sincerity and blessing. Do not become insincere with how you talk to each other. So what is this kind of love? What is this kind of conversation? What does this look like? What's well, a sacrificial love? It's a love that does not seek its own profit or selfish gratification, but this love that we should serve the capital C church with is the kind which has the best interests of others in mind. A love which calls a brother or sister to what is holy and pleasing to the Lord, and not a false love which enables them to sin freely. We call it brotherly and sisterly love. And one of the most recent examples of this brotherly and sisterly love that my wife and I have experienced was a few weeks ago. Uh, Her grandpa passed away. It was a really hard time. But during that time, we received so many texts, so many words of encouragement, Bible verses texted to us, conversations, phone calls from you guys, and it was a huge blessing. It was literally carrying the burden with us, and that is what the body of Christ should be doing. I just want to say thank you for all those who sent those things, because it was such a huge blessing during that week, that really, really hard week. You know, Dave and Rivers even brought us a meal it was so awesome. You know, it was like, oh gosh, I, 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 I'm not sure if this was the first time I've been brought a meal. I've experienced a lot of meals going over to people's houses, but Dave literally just handed me a bag with everything in it. I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> wow, what a blessing, especially because it was a smoked pork tenderloin, which is the best type of smoked meat, by the way, in my opinion. But there are these things that we can do to bless the body of Christ, and it's almost a little bit um, based off life circumstance. But I also want to pose to you another way that we can bless one another, and it's a little more rhythmic. See, Bible study, prayer, and group gatherings, and our Sunday morning service, and so many other ways, we can help grow each other in our faith. And it's more rhythmic. It's more... um, happens every single week or every single month or every couple months. So we see each other. We, perp- we make a purposeful plan to gather together. So take a look at this next verse from 1 Peter. I want to encourage each and every one of you this morning with this verse. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. It says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace... Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Do you know that as a believer, each and every one of us has been given a spiritual gift? Each and every one of us, right? And for the purpose of benefiting the body of Christ. And that's every single person. That is so cool. It's, it's not just the leadership. It's not just Pastor Dave. It's not just Rivers. It's not the elders. It's 
every single person who trusts in Christ is given a spiritual gift for the edification of the body, to serve one another. You you can have a gift of encouragement. You can have a gift of mercy. You can have gifts of revelation and also administration and teaching, just to name a few. There are a lot more. But if you think your purpose, right, and we as a church, if we think our purpose is to only consume what's offered in front of us, right, we only come to church to receive what is offered to us, then we are missing out on a huge part of God's blessing in our lives as a member of the body of Christ. One, River's already shared this, which is awesome. I'm going to say it again. The sharing of encouragement is missed on your part in blessing another person, and that person misses out on the blessing. So each and every one of us has been given a gift to offer to the body of Christ as an act of service. You know, it, uh, here at Neighborhood Church, we just have a lot of different areas in which we can um, actively serve the body of Christ. And it takes a lot of service to keep on gathering together each Sunday and create one of these spaces that we have to worship together. So many, many of you in this room meet here early and set up and practice songs or make coffee, setting up the chairs, hanging up the signs, greeting people as they come in the doors. I mean, there are a ton of you who also help in teaching students once a month consistently so that they hear a message from God's Word and can engage with His truth each week. And these acts of service, these should all be an honor and glory of God, just like Peter says, and done totally in God's strength, not our own. And Sundays are not the only time we actually have uh, to build up the body of Christ, We have discipleship groups that meet regularly. We have Wednesday group times as well and many other things that we gather together and sometimes based in the season. I'm thinking like bonfire or the firesides and get-togethers and retreats. But these different environments provide really practical outlets for us to serve others, to love one another and build up the body of Christ. So I'll give you an example from... uh, our life, my wife and I, so a few weeks ago, or a month, a little bit over, a month and a half ago, Dave and uh, Brian came to us and asked us to head up the youth group, be youth group coordinators. You know, honestly, this is uh, the first thought I was like, oh man, <laughs> time, there goes some time, there goes some energy, there goes, I got to give more planning now, I got, I started to list off the things, and I was like, oh, I got to give up this to be the youth ministry coordinator. I have to give more of this. And that's really selfish. It was really selfish of me to, to go through the list of like what I'm going to miss out on, right? Another episode of NCIS with my wife on Monday night, right? Oh, no. You know, so a lot of times it's, it's like that, right, where we, we go through the list and we're like, we're going to miss out on something. But I'm going to tell you, this is eternity we're talking about. When we serve the body of Christ, we're, we're talking about blessing one another eternally, And we have great reward from it. So I just want to share with you that, you know, as you think about serving the church this morning and and giving your time, it's tough. And selfishly, it's like, this is my time. But it's all about thinking your time is not your own. It's all God's time. It's God's money. It's God's talents that he's given you. And how we use those will show the praise of Christ. 
The last thing that I want to touch on here is we think about building up the body of Christ, and this is kind of how it ties in with how do we as a community bless the world, right? How do we praise Christ together as a community? In John 13, 34 and 35, he says this, or Jesus says this to his, his disciples. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So this is the last verse I wanted to share with you as we think about building up the body of Christ. And each time we love one another, right, we build up one another and, and we serve, that, that we're actually being the light which Christ tells us to be to the world. That they actually are going to see these things go on. They're not going to be oblivious, but they're going to see the love that we show to one another. And honestly, it's, it's very convicting because I see this and I see Christ, I have to love right? I have to participate in community. I have to give my time. I have to give my resources. I have to show that these people that God has called me to, I value, right? I love these people. And sometimes that's convicting for me, right? (laughs) Maybe I'm not the only one, but Christ says the way you love these people in this room, the church community, the church, capital C Church, is the way that the world is going to recognize you as being followers of me and not anyone else. So these sacrifices that we talk about on Wednesdays and Sunday mornings and and everything that we do to serve one another, this is how the world will know that we serve Christ. And this is how we can proclaim the praise of God through our lives. We can build up the body and we edify it, we serve it, and we nourish it through using God's strength and giving God the glory. So this uh, leads me to my second point this morning. There's only two points. Together with the church, go. Together with the church, go. I, f- I thought that was kind of like Yoda speak, you know, speech too, but I liked it. Because I, wa- I wanted the first part to be emphasized. Together with the church, Go. So looking back at 1 Peter 2.9, again, just remembering that we are declaring the praises of him who called us. So the first part that we talked about was declaring the praises among ourselves, serving one another, praising God, encouraging one another here on Sunday mornings and all these different avenues that we have here at Neighborhood Church. This second part is declaring the praise to the world now, declaring it specifically and even What's awesome is the last part of praising God in our community does really praise God in the world's mind, right? The way we love each other, the way we draw each other in and sacrifice for one another, that gets the world's attention. But now we're talking about this specific act of going and sharing the gospel with one another. So living a missional life, right? This term missional living, that we're reaching out with our communities at Neighborhood Church, we have this slogan, right? Loving God and our neighbors together, right? How does this happen? What, what can we do? What's helpful? So how can we invite non-believers into to becoming members of the body of Christ through the gospel? How do we do this as a family? How do we extend the family border, right? To reach those who have not heard the gospel or who need to hear it for the 10th time but still haven't made a decision to follow Christ, 
I want to show you a couple pictures here of my friend and I. <laughs> okay, now this is really funny. Um, here, the picture on the top left is Dave Parton, your pastor up there in the corner. Uh, this is really funny. Humble Origins, Neighborhood Church. This is, this is how we got started. Dave and I, in a room, just talking about church. It was like Dave was called from the mission field, and he called me up and said, Hey, Joel, I've got this, I've got this call. God's been working on my heart. I was like, okay, what, what is it? And he's like, I think he wants me to call or plant a church. And then the next question was, what are you doing? And it was a Wednesday afternoon, and I was like, it's after school. I'm thinking about taking a nap, Dave. What do you think I'm going to do, right? Now, he was like, what are you going to do, or what are you doing at church? Well, and the follow-up question is, he's kind of implying, would you help me with this, right? Would you help me plant this church? Would you pray about it? Would you feel the call? From this, two guys, and Rivers was there a lot at times, too. She's having not to be in the picture. <laughs> Sorry, Rivers. But, but from this calling and Dave acting on missional living, we have this beautiful picture of Lydia being baptized. I'm getting really emotional because I'm like, whew, it's a beautiful thing. It's just acting on God's call to live missionally. But the thing I love about how kind of Dave went about this, he didn't feel like he had to be this superhero, right? It's God's church. It's God's call. It's his power. But he's like, it would be a lot easier if someone else was doing this with me, right? If someone else was coming alongside me and encouraging me and, and, and love, we're loving each other together, we're inviting people to come into church and glorify God together, Humble origins, <laughs> building outward. What does it look like to live missionally? Going out into your neighborhoods. The first piece of advice, really, that I, I think we should think about as a church is do it together. Don't do it alone. Don't do it solo. I mean, there's so many people in here that we live on the same block if we're not neighbors already, right? Do love your neighbors together. So much of us have already done this really well like offering these events and inviting people over into our homes and the firesides and all these things. So keep that up, but don't feel like you're doing anything alone. Invite someone in. Okay, so go to the next uh, verse here. Philippians 2.2 says this. Paul's talking to the Philippians. He says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, and being in accord of one mind. So, you know, as we seek to follow the call that God has given us as a church, making that praise of God known throughout the world and in our neighborhoods, in our families, right, we take this invitation of the gospel to others. We're not alone. Let's not be alone. Let's invite each other into this process. But if you are trying to live a missional life, try to invite someone else. Engage in relationships here at church where you can involve other Christians who have the same love, who have the same mind, who are united in their faith, that see th this need to get the gospel out into the communities. It's much easier. It's really encouraging. Band together. Be of one mind. Do not go out alone. Even Christ sent his disciples out when they preached the gospel at this interesting time in the middle of his ministry, sent uh, all his disciples out to preach the gospel, and he sent them out two by two. 
There's probably a purpose behind that, right? There was a, there was a, a reality that Christ knew that it's going to be hard preaching the gospel to places that don't have it, right? or that preaching the gospel to people who don't believe it. Go out together. So, there are many ways to engage in this kind of community here at Neighborhood Church. I just want to encourage you that, that we have communities that we are trying, do, or we're following God's call to emphasize the call to make disciples. And even in our neighborhood groups right now, um, you know, we're bringing and we're emphasizing sharing stories or opportunities in which we are sharing our faith. If there has been any opportunity in that, in that circumstance and in that group on Wednesdays when we share together about so-and-so I shared with so-and-so or this happened at work and I had this great conversation, we're encouraging one another. We're banding together. We are of one mind. This unison, or this is unison, this is encouragement in building up the church and also going with the church together. So I have a personal example from my life that is also very close to home. A lot of you know Eric Stelzer, and uh, we had a friend, uh, Gracie Reynolds, and she was um, kind of part of this startup too at Neighborhood Church all the way start at the beginning. And Eric Stelzer is just one of those guys that, uh, as I started to get to know, I, I'm, a lot of you know him already, right? You just love him. You, you want to spend time with him, too. Like, he invites you in. He does, he talked about, um, uh, you know, hospitality last week. He does a great job of that. So, when Neighborhood Church was just starting, I was over at his place all the time, hanging out, um, you know, having some good, tasty pizza, right? He just posted that video on Facebook. Uh, it was great. Uh, but, uh, and so was Gracie Reynolds. And Gracie ended up bringing a friend with her to hang out with the three of us. Now, the three of us believed in the gospel. We had this heart to take the gospel to the community, right? We had this heart to, to engage others for Christ. And we wanted to do that together. We wanted to make that space of Eric's place a, a place where we could invite others in. And so this, uh, this young lady um, was part of the community, and we uh, pretty much welcomed her in, arms wide open, as a good friend and started loving on her, sharing the gospel with her, and she came to faith. Little did I know that a couple years down the road that this lady would become my wife. And so what's really sweet is that when we start living missionally, God's blessings abound greatly. They do. They, they abound greatly. I did not know when we, when we were inviting Kirsten into our community that I was inviting my future wife, <laughs> Right? And there's so many blessings that are like, I look around, I see faces of people that, that weren't here at Neighborhood Church until we loved you, right? Or until the church came around and loved you and invited you in. And now the call is to go do that in the neighborhood, to go do that so we can experience the blessing and the richness and the fullness of Christ. So as you're thinking about maybe some practical ways to do this in church, okay, Joel, give me some practical ways too, right? Well, each year, we try to focus in on inviting the community in a, a major way, and that's through sports camp. And this is my plug about sports camp, because really, it's an awesome, awesome opportunity to invite others in. You know, we have over 150, 60 kids come in every single year, and this is our fourth year, which is awesome. And the, the camp is totally free. It's totally free to the kids, which is sweet. And we always fill up super quickly. But it also takes a lot of work. It takes service. But our heart behind this sports camp isn't just to offer some activities for the kids that, that need some or uh, just to uh, have some fun, which we always do. <laughs> you can be sure of that. 
but it's to share the gospel with them and encourage them to join in this community. And we talk to the parents on Wednesday, uh, uh, Wednesday evening usually, midweek, and we invite them to come to Neighborhood Church. And Dave gets up and talks, and this is our, this is our goal because we want to invite people into this family. So this is a very practical way, and I would encourage you, June 21st through 25th, if it's not on your calendar already, uh, mark it down. See if you can take off one or two days of work. I mean, sometimes, you know, it, it works out like that where you can only take off a day or two. That's totally great. Let Dave and Rivers know. Let myself know. We would love to have you serve the community and get the gospel out through sports camp in just a day or two. So in conclusion this morning, as I just want to remind each one of us that, that we're not ordered to serve the body. <laughs> the body of Christ, the church, because we have some kind of tyrannical ruler over us who insists that we give of ourselves and he remains inactive. You see, Christ actually gave us the perfect example and he set the bar at a perfect level. He came to the earth not to be served, but to die for the church so that we may be united with him when he returns. And if we, if we believe that, if we take that on, right, then we're following Christ's example. We're not, we're not just doing anything, uh, you know, first. We're not serving the church. This isn't something brand new to the kingdom of God or to Christianity, to following Christ, right? Christ is the one we're following, and in his service, we follow that. So as we look at him serving, we also follow. So as Mark 10, 45 says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. So in our serving the church together through our time, our effort, our love, the Sunday morning service, the Wednesdays preparing meals, and Curtis and Michelle Beasley just had a baby, and that sign-up's going around, and as we sign up to bring meals to each other, we model what Christ did for us in serving us through His death. His self-sacrifice to provide us with eternal life gives us the heart of gratitude, which overflows with good works and love for one another. Using our spiritual gifts and talents, we build up the church out of love for our brothers and sisters so that the world will know that Christ is glorified and praised here. And take the call of the gospel and uh, maybe a friend along with you and build the church where it doesn't exist. Share the gospel with those who do not yet know it and together build a community and keep building the community here at Neighborhood Church. And in all these things, remember that we as a church, we declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for calling us to community. Thank you for everyone here and everyone's love and encouragement that's been going on at Neighborhood Church for years now. Thank you, God, for all of the, the wonderful uh, relationships that have uh, bloomed and blossomed. I thank you for the uh, spiritual bonds that you have made uh, with friends through game nights, through dinners, through meals, through, through just hanging out at people's homes way past a time where we thought we'd be hanging out with them. God, thank you for building up relationships through the Spirit, through the gifts that you've given us, the gifts that you've given the body. I pray that we would not sell those cheap. I pray that we would understand that we have something to give to the body of Christ, to serve it, 
to love it and encourage it. And I pray that our motivation would be to give you the praise, to give you the glory, and to make your name known to our communities. Love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.